I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome, friends, to another r slash nuclear revenge video. Today, we've got a crazy story of getting revenge on somebody's own mom. But first, make sure to hit those like and subscribe buttons down below so you never miss any of my daily videos. Our first story of the day is sister ratted on me for sneaking out, so I mess with her shampoo. Of all the wise quotes and sayings of this world, the one I hold with the highest regard is the one about snitches and stitches. Here's why. A few weeks ago, I got invited to a house party, an actual house party, something that rarely ever happens. As a high school freshman, a science nerd, and a video game lover, I wasn't exactly popular in school. I didn't have a lot of friends, and I only hung out with the other science nerds, so to be invited to a party with the popular kids was like a dream come true for me. Cherry on top, my high school crush and the star of my wet dreams Bianca was going to be there. Tiny sized cherry atop the regular sized cherry, she invited me to the party herself. How on earth did this happen? There she was, one of the most beautiful and popular girls in school, inviting me to a party. Stuff like this only happened in fairy tales, and never in real life. My friends were sure it was going to be a prank. I thought so too, but I decided to go anyway. I won't know unless I find out. My only problem now was of course convincing my super religious parents to let me go out Friday night and probably do some underage drinking. Easy peasy. Thursday night we were having dinner, dad was going on and on about something, a new golf club that he wanted to buy. Or was it about a coworker that just had a baby? Anyways, he was talking a lot. And mom was smiling and laughing at his jokes tonight. They were both in a good mood. Best time to pop the question, I decided. I got invited to a party on Friday night, I said, picking up my pasta and meatballs without looking at their faces. The whole table went silent as I spoke. After a moment of unbearable silence, I decided to look up. They were all staring at me, mom, dad, and my older sister Meg. What kind of party? My dad asked calmly. Dang, dad played that card. This line of questioning was a trap, and you could never answer correctly. I turned to Meg for support, telling her about Bianca's party. Meg looked at me with eyes as wide as saucers. You got invited to Bianca's party? How come I wasn't invited? She asked as her face turned green with jealousy. My sister, a senior year student, has always been one of those wannabe popular girls that nobody truly liked. You know, the narcissistic and self-serving type witches that derive a sick pleasure in putting other people down to make themselves feel good. Little wonder why I wasn't surprised that she wasn't invited to the party. The fact that you felt the need to mention that you won't be drinking at the party makes me even more worried that you will be drinking, or worse, doing drugs. That's my dad. He has the superhuman ability to construe every situation to make it sound worse than it actually was. My first instinct was to argue, but I knew better. I continued to pick at my food, listening to my parents drone on about the reasons why I shouldn't go. They even talked about the possibility of an arrest and jail time. Bunch of drama queens. I left the table and headed to my room. 
annoyed at my parents for trying to ruin my chances with Bianca, and the opportunity to prove myself with the popular kids. As I lay on my bed that night, I devised a plan to sneak out of the house after bedtime. Surprised? Of course, I only asked for permission as a courtesy. I wouldn't actually not go because they said so. Bianca's party was a once in a lifetime opportunity and I'm not going to let it slide. I heard a knock on my door as I revised my plan in my head for the millionth time. Meg walked in before I could give her permission to enter. She was still fuming about the fact that I got invited to the party and she wasn't. When she asked how, I shrugged and told her that Bianca possibly liked me. Meg let out a dry laughter looking me over. Ha, yeah right, Bianca likes you and I'm the Queen of England. Awkward timing. I rolled my eyes as she said this. I've gotten used to her snarky remarks and they don't hurt anymore like they used to. She walked around my room silently till her focus fell on the windows. She opened it and looked outside. There was a big tree by my side of the house, with one of the branches stretching close to my window. I hope you're not even thinking of sneaking out, she said with a smug smile on her face. I denied vehemently until she threatened to tell if I did. I nearly fell off my bed as she said this. What? You sneak out to parties all the time and I never ratted you out once, I said. She merely shrugged, then made to leave. Please, Meg, it's my only shot. If I don't show up to this party, I'll never get invited to another. I pleaded desperately. Meg sighed, pacing around for a while. Eventually, the best she could do was to promise to think about it. I didn't really care about what Meg decides to do because I've made up my mind to go to this party. And nothing is going to stop me. I'd just prefer it if she didn't tell because I might be grounded for the rest of my life. The next day, after dinner, I said goodnight to my parents and headed to my room. I put on my selected clothes, then lay back in bed. A few minutes later, mom came to check on me, a bid to ensure that I haven't snuck out. We said goodnight one more time, and she shut the door. As soon as she left, I jumped out of bed and propped my pillows to make it look like I was still in bed. I opened the window without making a sound, then climbed the branches down. Then I got on my bike and pedaled to Bianca's party. Bianca's party was the most fun I've had in a long time. And I was so happy I went. As soon as I got there, I spotted Bianca at the far end of the room. She waved at me, then gestured for me to come closer. She offered me some beer, and even though I convinced myself that I wasn't going to drink, I couldn't bring myself to say no to her. Then we decided to take a walk. We talked at length and shared some really good laughs. And I could already picture my future with her and our beautiful babies, a boy and a girl to be precise. When it was time for me to leave, she asked me if I wanted to hang out this weekend. I said yes, and we decided on the time and place. I got home a few hours after midnight and proceeded to climb back up the same way I got down. As soon as I tiptoed into my room and closed the window, the lights came on and I saw my mom and dad looking sternly at me with Meg in another corner snickering at my predicament. Busted. In my household, one of the worst crimes a child could commit was disobedience. And for that, you could get the capital punishment. I told you not to go to that party, didn't I? My dad started. I couldn't meet his glance. I was a bit tipsy at the moment, and I'm sure he would notice if I looked at him. My mom walked towards me, raising my face to hers. Her eyebrows furrowed with suspicion as she looked into my eyes. Oh no. She brought her nose close to my mouth. Dang it, she's gonna smell the beer. You had alcohol, she yelled. It was only half a cup. I swear, I said, which was a lie. 
I played a drinking game to impress Bianca, and I had over five cups of beer and a few shots of vodka. Before I got grounded indefinitely, my dad gave me a long speech on how I disappointed the family, then something about me not going to college. I can't really say because I kind of spaced out during that time, but I swear he mentioned something about Obama and Neil Armstrong. When I remembered my day with Bianca, I snapped out of it for a moment and pleaded with them to let me go one last time before I start my punishment. As expected, my plea was denied. When my parents left, I turned and listened to Meg laughing triumphantly. That was the kind of sister I had. The type that bullies me at every chance she gets, just to feel good about herself. I wanted to yell at her, wanted to call her names and throw stuff, but I decided not to because I was scared to waste my anger. Also because I didn't have the money to replace anything I broke. I spent the next few days thinking of a plan to get back at my sister. I wanted to hit her where it hurts. I've only got one shot and it had to be precise. Bianca didn't talk to me in school after I stood her up. I didn't even get to tell my side of the story because she wouldn't listen. This only worked to make me even more mad at my sister. One day, when I wasn't making any headway and coming up with a plan of my own, I decided to enlist the help of my friend Lewis. Lewis was one of the greatest pranksters the school has ever known. He was very skilled at customizing his pranks to fit the victim's personality, and he even has a way of making them look artistic, aesthetic even. I explained my problem to him, and he readily agreed to help. We spent the most part of lunchtime coming up with a plan. We came up with some really good plans, but we had to drop them because we might just end up in jail. I've got it, Lewis said after a while. What? What is it? I asked. Your sister thinks of herself as popular. She's the type that cares about her looks and puts what other people think of her above all other things. That's where we'll hit her. I still didn't get it until Lewis explained in detail. By the time he was done, I was so happy that I hugged him tightly. Lewis was a genius. The plan was simple. All I needed to do was get a ridiculously colored hair dye, purple, peach, or blue, and then mix it in her shampoo. When she tries to wash her hair, it'll change her hair color and mess up her fingers and face. She's going to look like an alien for the rest of the week. And, knowing my parents, they wouldn't let her skip school since she wasn't physically ill. It was perfect. Lewis even offered to help me get the dye since I was still grounded. The next day, Lewis and I met at the school parking lot at the end of the school day. He looked around to make sure that no one was looking at him before he passed me the blue hair dye. He gave the instructions on how to use it then warned me strongly not to get any on my skin and to get rid of the container so it wouldn't be traced back to me. I collected the container and dropped it in my bag, then tried to give him the money for the hair dye, but he wouldn't have it. It's all good, man. Being part of a good prank is payment enough. That same night after dinner, I lay on my bed wide awake. I listened to every sound, every movement till the house got quiet. I waited some more, then looked at my watch. It was 11.30, go time. I jumped out of bed and tiptoed to my sister's room. I opened the door slightly and peeked in. She was fast asleep. I opened the door wider, then walked gingerly into her bathroom. Her bathing kit was on the shelf, so I picked up the shampoo and poured in the hair dye. The shampoo container was opaque, so she wouldn't notice the color change. Then I returned the shampoo to its original position. I also dropped the blue hair dye on the shelf. I wanted my parents to think she was the owner, to throw them off my scent. Then I closed the shelf, returned to my room, 
and slept off with a smile on my face, waiting patiently for the fireworks. The next day was a Tuesday. I never particularly liked Tuesdays, but this one was special. As I sat at the breakfast table, digging into my toast and bacon, it was as though the sun was shining brighter. The birds were singing a more beautiful tune than the other days, and the sky was a bit more colorful. It was beautiful. Only one thing can make it perfect now. My sister screamed from her room. I smiled happily as I heard her rushing down the stairs and towards the kitchen. Oh my god, I heard mom say. I looked up to Meg as she stomped into the kitchen, and man, it was a disaster. I laughed so hard that the force sent me falling backwards and off my chair. Even my dad was fighting hard to keep himself from laughing. Meg's previously blonde hair was a mess. The blue dye was inconsistent and it gave her hair the pattern that resembles that of a zebra's fur. Only, the zebra's fur was way more beautiful. The best part is, her hair wasn't even the worst part. Her face and hands were way more messed up. She looked like a low-budget raven from X-Men. She screamed and cried and tried to convince my parents that I did it, but they didn't believe her, since there was no way I could have gotten dye from the store, because I was still grounded, and they found the dye container in her bathroom shelf. Meg then refused to go to school till she could get the stain off, but when my parents threatened to ground her till she goes to college, she had no choice. Lewis and I had a good laugh at school when the other kids started to call her Mama Smurf. The nickname stuck with her till she graduated. That'll teach her never to snitch on anyone ever again. I mean, I get why OP did it. You got the one chance of the girl of your dreams, especially at a time in your life where OP's at where, frankly, you probably want nothing more than that more than ever. Frankly, it's like world crushing. That said, the story's got me thinking pretty heavily about like how I shampoo. It makes me think like if I was in the sister's position here, How far would I have gone before I realized my hands and my hair are all getting dyed blue? Would you notice right away? Or when you shampoo, do you instinctively just shut your eyes and go through the process till you're done? Would you be doomed to look like a smurf too? Let me know about you guys in the comments down below. And our final story of the day is mom cheated on dad, so I maxed out her credit card. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. All my life, I've always prided myself as a builder, a nurturer. I love to watch things grow and it brings me great joy. I've never once been a destroyer. It's not in my nature and I could literally get physically ill from trying. This is why I never revealed the secret that could potentially pull down my family and end my parents' marriage. 
the secret of my mom cheating on my dad. But I also believe that no sinner should go unpunished. I couldn't let her go scot-free with what she had done. That's why I made her pay. A very expensive price. But let's start at the beginning. I was born into a family that was filled with so much love. I mean, they didn't say it all the time, but I saw it. I felt it even. That's what love is, right? It's shown in the actions and not the words. My family didn't have a lot of money growing up, but my dad worked his butt off to make sure we had everything we needed. When I was 10, my dad used to work double shifts five times a week as a nurse in the local hospital. He wasn't around much, but anytime he gets home, he's usually very tired and goes off to sleep almost immediately. On the rare occasions when he's not so tired, he would listen to me talk about my day and even read me bedtime stories. On the Sundays when he doesn't have to show up at work, he would cook breakfast, mostly pancakes because that's the only food he knows how to cook. Other experiments usually turn out to be a big disaster and read out the Sunday paper in funny accents. It was fun. My mom, on the other hand, used to work the morning shift at a convenience store in the fancy part of town. She used to pick me up from school every day, and I would stay with her in the store till her shift ended. I loved those times because the store owner, I called him Mr. Baldy, gave me candy anytime I helped him sort out pennies. The first problem we faced as a family was when my mom lost her job because the store closed down. Mr. Baldy couldn't afford to keep paying his loan to the bank. All the financial responsibility fell on dad's shoulders and soon enough, his paycheck from the hospital couldn't pay up all the bills and he knew he had to step up. He started to take night classes at the local university and after a few years, he got a degree and became a doctor. Our financial situation got better and soon enough, we could afford a better apartment. Dad was so good at his job and he started getting invited to lectures and seminars out of town and sometimes even out of the country. I was happy for him. I knew my mom was too, or at least I thought she was. My parents had their first real fight a few years ago on the eve of Christmas. Dad went for a seminar in New York City on the 22nd of December and was supposed to get back on Christmas Eve so we could spend Christmas together. We used to wear our PJs for the whole day, watch every bad Christmas movie ever made, play board games and open our gifts as a family. It had been a long-standing tradition and we've never once missed it. But that year, it looked like Dad was about to break that streak. After the seminar in New York, a corporate medical organization who had been scouting him for a position in their firm invited him over for a sit-down in their headquarters, which was also based in New York, on the 26th. He couldn't possibly fly home and back in time for the meeting, so he proposed to mom that he wanted to stay in New York till the 26th. Mom got mad and yelled at him over the phone and then refused to talk to him or even pick his calls up. I was young then, 15 at the time, but... In my opinion, mom's behavior was kind of overkill. I understood the struggles dad faced with finances just a few years back and how he fought his way out of that rat race. I felt like every other thing he did was to make sure that he never went back to that situation. I respected that and I expected mom to do so too. Anyways, dad decided to cancel the sit down, which meant saying no to that big shot job in New York and got on the next flight back to town. He got back home on the night of Christmas Eve, just a few minutes before midnight, and apologized profusely to my mom and me for almost missing Christmas. She forgave him and we had a real Merry Christmas. This should have been where we had our happily ever after, but this is real life. Happily ever after is still so far away. As dad's career grew, 
He started to be in more demand than ever. More medical organizations started to call him for consultations after consultations. And he barely ever worked on the small hospital in town anymore. He had to travel every week, and he was hardly ever at home. Sometimes we'd go a month without seeing him, but through all this, he tried to keep up with calls, texts, and Skype. But this wasn't enough for mom. She would yell and nag at him every chance she gets about abandoning the family or not making enough time or something else. Sometimes I wonder what she truly wanted. Because it was bad when we were broke, and now we're stable and you're complaining? I felt like there was something underneath all that nagging, but I didn't put too much thought to it. One fall day, mom announced at the dinner table that she wanted to start practicing yoga. I was really happy for her because she's making her health a priority and opening herself up to new things, but mainly because she would have less time to fight with dad. I supported the idea wholeheartedly, even when she said she was getting a personal instructor. At first, I thought the instructor was going to be a girl or something. Imagine my surprise when I got home one day from school only to meet a guy holding my mom's waist, helping her perform something called the downward dog pose. Really? Mom introduced her new yoga instructor to me. She told me his name, but I wasn't paying attention. So let's just go with Smugface. Smugface had wheat blonde hair, blue eyes, a perfect white set of teeth, tan skin, and a body structure that would make Dwayne The Rock Johnson proud. I hated him instantly. But aside from the hatred that came with the first impression, I found Smugface extremely annoying. The way he talked, walked, made jokes, and smiled all screamed pretentious. His French accent was fake. He probably had his teeth whitened. And I suspected that he only owns a fancy car because he was overcompensating for something. My mom, on the other hand, loved him. She was always laughing and giggling like a little girl at his jokes, playing with her hair and blushing whenever he gave her a compliment. It was sickening to watch. One day, I got so close to calling dad to fire the yoga instructor, but things were finally getting better between them. Mom hadn't nagged him in a long time. I wouldn't want that to start again. I also believed that no matter the problems mom had with dad, she would never get back at him by cheating. Psych. Anyways, that fateful morning, I woke up on the wrong side of the bed, literally because I fell off my bed. That little accident fouled my mood for the rest of the day. At first, I told my mom that I didn't want to go to school because I had a small swelling on my head. She promptly disagreed, saying I shouldn't miss a whole day of school because of a tiny swell. I should have suspected that something was up at that time, but I didn't. I held an ice pack to my head and rode my bike all the way to school with one hand. When I got to school, I had an altercation with one of the boys in senior year. I'll call him Piggy because that's what every other person called him behind his back because he was fat and kind of a jerk. Piggy saw the swell on my head and said something really rude, something like, yo, you should get that looked at. Well, thinking about it now, it doesn't actually sound rude. Helpful, really, but as I said earlier, I wasn't really in a good mood. First, I fell off my bed. Then my mom wouldn't even let me stay home, and now this guy is giving me unwanted medical advice? I snapped. I replied to him saying, Yo, you should mind your own business, piggy. Yeah, I remember clearly now. I was the jerk. Remember when I said people called him piggy behind his back? Yeah, well, that's because they were scared of the consequences of saying it to his face. You see, the thing I didn't mention about piggy is the fact that he's the only overweight kid that could never be bullied. Why? 
because he was strong, extremely strong. He turned to me and in one quick step covered the distance between us and punched my nose. I fell back, tasted blood in my mouth. Turns out my nose was broken. My shirt was ruined with dots of blood and I didn't have my gym clothes. So I went out in the hallway, got on my bike and pedaled home so my mom could take me to the hospital. On the way home, I tried to think of lies I could tell my mom about how I got my nose broken. If she heard that I was involved in a fight, I'll be grounded for life. Well, to be fair, it wasn't much of a fight, was it? One punch and it was night-night for me. I got home and saw the yoga instructor Chevrolet Camaro parked in the driveway. Ugh, smug face was around. I was about to use my key to open the front door when I heard them. I was confused at first, so I placed my ear to the door. I heard my mom moaning, moaning, what the heck? I could also hear Smugface's stupid voice grunting like a bull. I couldn't see them though, so I didn't want to jump into any horrible conclusions. Maybe they were working on a very athletic yoga routine or something. I didn't believe that, but I at least have to give my mom the benefit of the doubt. I tiptoed over to the window, which was hidden by a tree with lots of leaves. I crouched when I got to the window then peeked. That's when I saw them, my mom and the yoga instructor, unclothed and going at it like a bunch of rabbits. I think I threw up in my mouth a little as I watched them. I was horrified to say the least, angry, disappointed, hurt. I sat beneath the window looking at nothing in particular as I asked myself again and again, why? It hurt so much because I knew how much my dad loved my mom. I knew how much hearing about this would break him. I decided right there that I wouldn't tell him. I heard my mom moan one more time and I made another decision. I'm not going to let her get away with this. I stood up to peek one more time and reached for my phone in my pocket. I made a video and took a few pictures, then got on my bike and rode away. I went back to school and the nurse called my mom. When I was asked how I broke my nose, I told them I fell. That night I hacked into my mom's credit card company, yeah I'm good with computers, and checked her profile. She had a really nice credit score and a credit limit of up to $10,000. Way to go, mom. My plan was coming together. The next day before school, I hacked into my mom's credit card profile once more, disabling her ability to cancel the card when she figured out that it had been stolen. I also bought a high-end pre-built gaming setup for $5,000 to be delivered that same day. On my way to school, I withdrew the remaining 5000 from an ATM along the road and gave the homeless guy close to my school 2000 I saw Piggy in the hallway when I got to school, so I walked up to him and apologized. I explained that I'd had a bad day and it was wrong of me to take it out on him. He also apologized for breaking my nose, so we buried the hatchet. I told him I needed his help, so we decided to meet up during lunch. I sat beside Piggy along with some of my other friends at the cafeteria and explained the problem to them. I wanted to teach Smugface a lesson too, so we decided to trash his fancy car. I didn't go home after school. I hung out with Piggy and the guys till nightfall, getting ready and making the plan ironclad. Smugface's address was easy to find, thanks to my magic with computers, so we set out with all our equipment, some iron baseball bats, knives, and masks. Smugface's car was parked in the driveway when we got there, so we immediately set to work, keeping as silent as possible. We started with the tires, using the knives to tear all four and rendering them unfixable. Then we used the knives to scratch the paint. 
I wrote the words, stay away from my mom, boldly on the hood and trunk. Then lastly, we used the bats to smash the windows and the body, turning the once beautiful ride into a piece of junk. Smugface came out of the house as soon as he heard the noise. He screamed like a little girl when he saw his car and tried to catch us, but we all got on our bikes and rode away. We were all wearing masks, so he couldn't recognize any of us. I thanked the guys for a job well done and gave them $2,000 to share, then headed home. As soon as I crossed through the front door, my mom began to yell and even threatened to call the police if I didn't return the money I stole. I waited till she had finished, then brought out my phone to show her the video I took. She sat down and watched, speechless and in shock. Why? I asked her when the video ended. She couldn't answer. She only begged me not to tell my dad. She promised that it was a one-time mistake and it wouldn't happen again. I didn't believe that it happened one time, but what I believed was that it wouldn't happen again because I made sure of it. Honestly, I feel like there is no way that OP went and carved stay away from my mom on this guy's car and did not get in any kind of trouble. That's like an instant implication police report right there. If that really happened, OP is really lucky to have not have caught a charge from that. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now, if you want to hear another absolutely crazy revenge story, click on that left video. Or if you missed my latest video, check out the one on the right. That said, I'll see you all next time with some more stories. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 